You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Dean. With me as always, the first outfield player you hand the gloves to when the goalkeeper goes out and there's no subs left. It's Harrison Crow. Say hey, hey to everybody, Harrison. Ian, how are you? This is my radio. radio uh, I can't. I can't. You're right. That's really difficult to hold. Any type of like, no. Yeah, you don't. You can't do it. I get through the intro and that's about it. We haven't. We haven't podcasted since that. Since since Alex Roldan took over those. Those are the goalkeeping gloves since. I know. I couldn't go up with a good reference from this like last week. And I was like, we never did that one. That was the one I was going to do last week. So hey, that, that's hey, the one you get. No complaints. I mean, the the all-time uh, XG um, champion right there. We'll see what G Plus has to say about uh, him as a geek goalkeeper here uh, in the next couple of weeks. So that's coming, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know. What are you going to do? And if you ever have any suggestions for things I can call Harrison in the intro, you know, just hashtag us, add analysis evolved, hashtag things. Ian can call Harrison during the intro. Maybe not illiterate. I would prefer that Um, one to to just maybe be off to the side if if possible. Yeah, well, we weren't going to say that. Um, It's been a week, Harrison. Well, it's been, has it been a week since we talked or two weeks since we talked last? Because we did it right before the San Jose uh, Seattle game we recorded. That's right. We did it Wednesday night and we didn't do a drop in about it afterwards, even though there was fun things to talk about uh, in that evening's uh, um, thing. So, uh, yeah. So did you watch any? Did you get to watch any Major League Soccer? I did watch a little bit of Major League Soccer this weekend. Um, I feel like the game that's kind of like imprinted on my head, on my brain, most of all, is the Cincinnati uh, Miami game. What a game it was. I mean, like Cincinnati just way to come up. First of all, I didn't even know Jeff Cameron was ready to play. Like, did that? Did that, I? Did, I gotta say that that turnaround was really a much faster than I expected. It was it like, be. "Welcome back to America." In your bad opinions, here you go. Here's a jersey. Go get on the field. And yeah, now you play for Cincinnati. That's what happens to you. Yeah. So that happened, and then Iguain basically uh, kind of. St- stole the show with bad defending and like honestly i thought breck shea i i continue and i will i will probably say this is probably a really bad uh hot take but uh i i think breck shea was better than gonzalo Iguain. oh that was my hot take from the game wow that is a hot take i don't really know i, I just really feel really like Iguain got his moments really uh primarily because of bad defending like um, just miscommunication more than anything. Like guys just, he came into the box and just kind of exploited the fact that 
there's a lot of issues going on with <laughs> that back line right now. Uh, so it just seemed yes. to be something that he could easily do. I didn't think that he played necessarily particularly well. I just thought he was a little bit wily. I thought Breck Shea actually was really good, and I was kind of annoyed by it. Well, Breck Shea has kind of been... I don't want to say a joke, but he he's is no, a he's meme a meme. Sort. I think he it's fair is, to say a meme. He is an sort. MLS soccer meme. He is the face of MLS in reality. Like he's he he's not the face that we want. He's the face we deserve. <laughs> he's he's the face you see in the mirror, like when you wake up after a night of drinking and have to like look into your soul. That's like the face MLS sees in the mirror when they don't want to be honest with them. Or, or no, when yeah. they're being extremely real with themselves. They'd like to think it's Chicharito. Uh but no, but no, it's Breck Shea. Breck Shea is the quintessential MLS personality. Um, and, you know, he's he's an interesting guy. I think we have a, a friend that was a, a Vancouver fan where he stood for a while that said that Breck Shea always struck her as uh, someone who was pretty good at soccer, but just really didn't want to be a soccer player very much. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can see that. Like if he could be like a, like a performance artist and make the same kind of money he does playing soccer. Like I think he's oh, even like slightly less. Like, I don't, th- I, <laughs> yeah. <if it laughs> were, like, like, I don't think we're talking about huge amounts of like, I am sure if he could make a living doing it and, and keep in mind what a living probably means. The Breck Shea is different than a lot of us, but I don't even think it's like this life of luxury. I think it's like, could he pay for like, could he make a house payment? Could he, you know, have a couple guns? Could he like, that's the type of thing that I feel like Breck Shea kind of has in his mind as like ideas of what he needs bare minimum to be able to have that type of career. Could he pay his gun costs every month? That's really all he needs. <laughs> you know, you got to pay for your gun insurance, your gun note, your gun maintenance. Uh, there's all those like yeah, gun intangibles, I mean, those unexpected gun expenses and things. Breck Shea is a wild dude, man. He's a wild dude, but we can't, we can't help but, but, but occasionally <laughs> Breck Shea, <laughs> at least I can't. It, it, yeah. It's one of those things that I, I don't love myself for doing it, but God help me if I wasn't just cheering as he hits, you, uh, Iguain nearly in the rear end and goes in. Um, that, that, that was, that was marvelous. It was, it was fantastic. You, you root for Breck Shea in spite of yourself. Yeah. It's what happens. He's that kind of character. And and you know what? I'm fine with that. We need, we need lots of people like that around the major league soccer. You know, as much as Cincinnati's a mess, uh, Luciano Acosta Mm -hmm. is still really good. Yeah, he is good, isn't like, he? Like Cincinnati got exactly the player that they that they needed in him. Uh, yeah, so far that's worked out really. I mean, nothing's worked out overall for Cincinnati just because. But insofar as one player could work out for Cincinnati, Acosta is probably the best example of that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm surprised. <laughs> Somebody uh, said said to me there they didn't know uh, Alan Cruz was actually still a, a member of Cincinnati. Um, I didn't know Kubo <laughs> yeah, was playing in the too. in center midfield. Uh, I guess he kind of did. Um, he kind of swapped out wide uh, a little bit with uh, Barriel, uh, who I thought was really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had never heard of him. Uh, I honestly wasn't tracking him. Um, I thought he was very good um, in that game. So 
couple of a couple of things kind of popped out to me. You know, you know who I saw this weekend that that perked up my eyes a little bit, perked up my ears. That uh, I guess you can't uh, perk up your uh, eyes. I get you? like your eyes get bigger, right? Yeah, my maybe my eyes get a little bit bigger. Maybe just it just it, it just 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 scratch a little a little, a little a little itch and just maybe go, huh? What's going on there? Uh, and that was uh, Adrian Perez for DC. Oh United. yes, the former LAFC. Uh, t- I guess uh, yeah, cost- tossed away. He didn't like the end product. Wasn't really there, but he was. He was a he was a hassle for a while. For, DC uh, is interesting, and like his movement was just wild. Like he was all over the place, just not in places where you would expect him to be. And I was like, this is an interesting guy. And I made a mental note to keep. I thought DC on. was really good. I thought they were really entertaining, and the fact that they came away, yeah. uh, they they lost against Orlando, um, that was standing. Um, I thought that they played a really good game, and I think they continue to have some really good moments across those games. I think that they're going to get better. I think they're going to be a team that come July and maybe even August, you kind of are surprised uh, that maybe people that haven't been paying attention are going to be a little bit surprised at how good they are uh, in, in regards to where their placement is in the standings and then how good they are when they play your team. Because I, I think their, their yeah. overall coordination as a team is getting better. It's getting tighter. Um, the, they got Bill Hamid looking to come back this, this weekend. I think that's going to help them out immensely. Uh, and I think that the more players that they get, back from the emergency room that they keep sending them. Uh, mm. Yeah. They're, they're going to become a stronger and stronger team. And uh, you know, I, I think DC is kind of remarkably fun right now. It's, it's kind of a weird situation. You know, who else was really good for the district of Columbia United uh, was Ariola, who I'd sort of, I don't know. Like I, I, I just kind of was like, oh, that was one of those guys DC signed that just didn't work out or whatever. And then he got hurt for a while, and I guess he's back. And uh, he looked quite good in his his little sixty four minute uh, appearance for them. I was legitimately like, huh, is Ariola good now? Is he like really good? Am I gonna have to worry about this? I don't know if I am, but, but yeah, very interesting, uh, very interesting showing from from DC. Well, United, he came back sure. injured, and not um, in the same way that Jordan Morris did, but you know he came back with a little bit of a knock, uh, which you know is a requirement to be part of the DC United team. Uh, you, you have to you have to have an injury of some well, kind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like three. You had to have three uh, shots over the course of the year to play. Do you know how? Do you know how? Like, if you're you're going to like juke stats, like say like if you're a politician and, and you want to like make there be less poverty in your district. So you just like raise this, lower the standard of what sure. poverty is. You know what I mean? And then like, Hey, there's, I think that's kind of what's going on with DC's injury list. Like apparently Losada is just a absolute stickler for health. And like, so he will just be like, Oh, did you limp? You're out. No, 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 not doing it. Who's next? Like, I'm not sure a lot of those people, like I think a lot of those guys would be playing, for other managers, but for whatever reason, he's just like, nope, we're not doing it. People are going to be perfectly fit, or they're not going to be in my team. And it's really, I think, a good a good system. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to grow through, but it, it's the standard that he's sitting there for fitness is so different than what they had under uh, Ben Olsen. And I think it's only going to bring. That's good a really interesting uh, commentary, and you know, considering how much they have been kind of uh, nursing um, that team. 
that might be a good, really good way of going about it. I, th- I think Edison uh, Flores has been really interesting in terms of like his positional flexibility. He's been all around very good in the attack. Um, Julian Gressel as well uh, has been surprisingly pretty good. Uh, I say surprisingly just because honestly, I, I'm still, I was still waiting in Atlanta for him to be this, this amazing player that everybody says there, you know, everybody just kind of points to, don't you see him do that overlap and kick the ball in well. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to diminish necessarily what, what is a skill that he does have, but there are many different aspects. And I don't know if I, I saw him do a great many, uh, versatile things that I think it, I think it was fair to say that he was underwhelming last season for DC United. I don't think that's unfair. Um, I think that it was probably unfair to expect him to just sort of slot in and turn, um, Ola Kamara or whoever they had up there last year. Well, you know, into I think Martinez. I think if that was the expectation, what, Ola Kamara that's, that's played a like what, ten minutes. That's what I'm saying. I don't remember exactly who, who they even had most of the time. But last I, season I mean, top, you know, but... I I think Ola Kamara can be Joseph Martinez and to a certain extent, right? I don't think it's necessarily a bad. Yeah, plan. he can be very good. I just he, don't think he is not. Yeah, he has not found that yet in DC and. That's understandable because DC is still very much a work in progress. And well, I feel like they got Gressel in, in the idea that he had these he, to to go to baseball and quote uh, their their system. They they kind of looked at him as being a five tool type player. Like he could do at he could do like everything five out on guy, the wing. Yeah, and, and in reality, like I, I mean, he was a really he was really good at what he did at Atlanta. But I don't feel like Atlanta asked him to do, you know, six things or seven things. I feel like they asked him to do be above average, and he was above average at about one, two things, right? Contribute in your area, do you play your game, and that is going to interconnect with you know a couple other players. I mean, I think I think he was a little bit better than above average at some things. Like he was a really good wing player. For that's them. what that that's okay. I I I I no maybe it's just maybe you can say I'm a, a salty northerner I don't know I I never I don't think I saw many of his games that I thought that he did anything aside that aside from applying service really well like he he it's not like he was bad right I don't think he he did anything really like he had this huge you know, problem in c- tracking back or providing uh, defensive coverage or anything like that. Um, I don't think he was great 1v1 as a defender. I, I think he wants to be an attacker. And I think he, he his skill set plays to that area. But I don't, I don't think that he was anything to write home about. Like, I wasn't sitting there thinking, okay, this is our answer to the U.S. men's national team problem. Uh, right back, you know what? Forget all these other guys. <laughs> I mean, well, as well. And, and look, we, we kind of, that was kind of the talk, right? Everybody was talking, well, when is he going to get his green card? When is he going to start playing for, when when can he start, you know, being naturalized and he can be, a, you know, American Like, if that happens, cool. I'm really happy for him if that happens. I just felt like maybe the idea of what he was providing was a a little bit much, right? Like, okay, but but let's be 
the guy had what 17 goals and 35 assists over three seasons basically playing as a wing back in atlanta like that's not nothing that's that's a good sure. turn yeah i i mean he played on a, a, a fantastically loaded team it's true that's true he did play on atlanta back when atlanta was good but i think if you asked a lot of atlanta fans right now they would say that like that's the player that they're missing. Uh, I think the Miguel Almiron is the player that they're missing the most. And then after that, I think well, I, don't, I would I don't take I would take Garland Nagy. But you know, look, notwithstanding, you're right. They could use Julian Gressel out on the wings. Absolutely, I will totally give you that. I don't think that you know. I don't think that that what is going on right now in Atlanta is satisfactory by any means. But keep in mind, they had about eight or nine players that were all. You, you broke them apart and all of a sudden they don't fit in other places, right? All of a sudden they're not living up to that quote unquote Atlanta, their, their performance in Atlanta. And part of that was a system. Part of that was how they complemented each other. And I think part of that was the fact that you had mm-hmm. two legitimate superstars. And, and that's not to say Julian Gressel is a bad player. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I just, I think above average in two skill sets is is that was what I took away. And that again, if someone if other people read that differently, cool. I, I would I would really like to to I, I I'd be open to hearing more points and more specific uh, ideas of what he's really good in patterns of play. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you know he hasn't quite found it in DC, and it was always going to be a harder job um, because, like you said. Atlanta, when you know they were there, were kind of this uh, machine. This very different, very yeah. They were they were a different team. You know, they had a style. They were humming. You know, they were they were doing good stuff. And um, you know, then they got rid of all their good players and they replaced them with players that aren't very good. And now that we have what they have now, so uh, it's. And I think Russell was one of those. I think one of those that like uh, I'm sure if they could go back and trade. <laughs> I mean, I think that I, I think you take Gressel over Jurgen Dom. I, I don't think that's a question. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it. He's he, yeah, he stats well. He, he's he's you know goals added. He was uh, uh, two point four three that year. It's not bad. One four, and then yeah, you see, you know, it's a lot less. Looks like he's kind of not doing as much. Um, in the way of shooting at DC, like he seemed like he had a lot more looks uh, in Atlanta. So that's kind of where he's losing some perceived value there. And, and that's, um, and that's probably also because yeah. DC doesn't, hasn't necessarily had a primary focus for aggressive the playoff of, right. I, I would think once yeah. DC has a little bit more of a uh, established attack. And I think that that's really where they're missing. What they're missing right now is to have kind of the quote unquote guy. And whether that was supposed to be, Ola Kamara, whether that's going to be Adrian Perez, I, 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 you know, I don't know, you know, Edison Flores, maybe, uh, I guess as the 10, uh, secondary striker, I guess is kind of what he kind of falls into right now. in that three, five, two kind of plays. Yeah. This, he's like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's kind of like withdrawn striker thing. Yeah. That's exactly like what I was going to say. But I mean, this is a good team. I mean, like you look at this DC team, I'm a little concerned. Like I look at like Tony Alfaro and I'm like, is that guy good? Because he wasn't good in Seattle at all. He um, wasn't, but he, he was like he, but famously also, terrible. Like the coaching staff swore up and down like this is a guy. Right. Like and, and then he left Seattle and went to Chivas. Like he, he has us really good. Um, uh, I, I don't people think very highly of him. 
Some people do. That's true. I think that there were like coaches that were up really high on him, but I don't think that at that time in Seattle, like they were in a position where they were like, oh, let's let's develop this guy exactly and get through his exactly. Um, and maybe DC is in a better place, or maybe he's a more finished article now. I don't know. He seems to be doing okay. It's surprising to me, but every time I see that name, I'm like, oh man, that guy. Never expected. No, to see I, him, you know. I never expected to see his shadow. Cross he's he's a slightly above again. average player, uh, maybe even just average, but um, he's above replacement. Um, so, and ultimately that's when you are that thin at center back and you can throw out somebody that's above replacement. I mean, um, that's, that's huge, right? Well, especially if you're going to be, yeah, especially if you're going to be running three per game too. I mean, you're going to need some depth there. So that is the deal. Um yeah, well, there you go. DC United fans, look at that. We talked about you for like 15 minutes. Much longer than either one of us had planned on that. Yeah. Once again, we didn't really do a great job scripting our <laughs> show out this week. So we're going to be bouncing all over the place again. But uh, what else is interesting to you, Harrison? Did you see any other interesting things this weekend? Okay, any so teams you want to talk about? beforehand, we, we did talk a little bit about uh, two teams specifically. So SKC is one uh, that is interesting to me in the concept of they totally blew out uh, Vancouver, who I didn't think I don't think like I keep saying, I, I don't think the numbers quite are aligned. There's there's a little bit of signal there that says and it seems like every time they kind of get like this a little bit of steam going, they just get absolutely pummeled. And so their overall XG numbers and their G plus numbers look absolutely like terrible because they've played six games and they they've had, you know, three really bad showings. Right. Uh, so it, it feels a little lopsided right now. And, and SKC is in the same, same boat, right. Uh, kind of in, in the better situation though, where their XG uh, differential is just, huge it's 5.63 um it's second in the league that's largely because they had just absolutely uh just beat up from a stats perspective uh austin and vancouver and so that's not to say that they're not a good team but you know numbers right now are kind of uh I, i i feel like they're 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 hiding certain things right now these overall numbers and i think you kind of have to dig a little bit to start finding some individual uh so some interesting items within that are buried within right now. So for example, like if we do look at these, like this XGG number, which actually I think XGD is always a pretty good indication of how you're doing. Like it's a really good number for that. I like to look at a lot to kind of get an overall sense of like how well is the team performing at, at creating and limiting chances. Um, and you would see teams like uh, Seattle who you would think would be the, the top in that, but they're only uh, fourth. Yes. Uh, I believe. And, um, you know, by them, you have Nashville, which I think would raise some eyebrows. You have NYCFC, which probably raises a few less, and SKC. But I think NYC got right. to play Cincy. <laughs> I think Nashville did too. And that's like one-fifth of what they're being tested on, you know. Uh, and, and Seattle definitely did not. Uh, they've had a much harder schedule. So you do have to kind of take that into consideration when you're looking at this stuff. But it does create some interesting things right now. Like, I was looking at yeah, SKC and NYC and Nashville today at their numbers. I was like, these aren't bad at all. And I know Nashville is not a team I would have thought of as like, wait. Yeah, because, good? well, and, and XG and 
G plus are both kind of aligning with this, right? Uh, SKC, NYC, Nashville, both uh, are, are are well liked in both metrics. So there's definitely they're definitely good teams, right? And Nashville coming on to from last season, they they showed uh, some really good signs and really digging into some of the uh, into the individual games, and you can see Nashville specifically. Every team that they're playing against, uh, they're really suppressing their chances. And so uh, Gary Smith, which, I mean, surprises no one, has this team very focused on the defensive end. But now it seems like it's that attack is starting to complement, right? And so much like what we're talking about with DC United, yeah. it, it, them needing that finished product there on the attacking side, Nashville seems to finally transition and they're, they seem to be a very uh, a much more complete team at this at this stage. So it'll be really interesting to see how that uh, as they as as they kind of mature as a team, how that is going to manufacture two three months down the road. And is it, are we starting to see this team actually start to you know go up the go up the standings? Are they actually going to be a real legitimate, um, you know, top five team, uh, which, you know, sounds silly to say, um, especially this early, but I mean, both models, both models like them a lot right now <laughs> for, for what they've done very early on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they certainly like, according to the table, they're sitting, um, Nashville sitting in eighth in the Eastern conference. Of course, there's, uh, five teams with, eight points and they have seven. So it's a little bunched up there a little early to be making that. Um, and their points per game um, are 140, which I think puts them third in the East right now. Um, fourth, maybe. Yeah. Fourth. And um, certainly like, yeah, defense wise, like one thing you have to like, no matter what you look at is, uh, you know, they have the second lowest shots allowed in the league. Like they're just limiting chances very well. Like you said, they suppress that. Uh, they've allowed 45 shots over five games. Uh, New York is, of course, the Red Bulls, sorry, uh, who are famously good at this, have um, only allowed like 39. Uh, but I think at the same time, like they've allowed better shots. Like Nashville definitely has a lower XGA. So uh, it's 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 the kind of thing that the, I think, I think yeah, it's worth watching. And um, it's exciting to think about, like, is this a team that could be like, a top five, uh, certainly a playoff. Team, well, and right? I think that the thing that makes it really fun is that there's a consistent, uh, all the narratives right now are very focused on these teams that have spent and teams that have brought in high, relatively high profile players, right? Even, uh, I was going to say Orlando with Nani, I guess kind of, uh, but you know, Miami, Seattle, uh, NYC has been spending. They've been bringing in young players. Uh, oh, LAFC, LA Galaxy. Um, these are the players that they, they've they really focused on. And really even New England. I feel like New England's got a little bit more uh, with uh, Carlos uh, Heel and, uh, and Gustavo Bo. Man, I am tripping over names, which, you know, uncannily uncharacteristic. Um but I, I love this Nashville theme because I feel like they're a bunch of unknowns and, and I, that's not really true, but I kind of like that they've piecemealed this team and they've piecemealed it and they've 
made some gambles on some players that had some positive signals, had some positive underlying numbers, and they stuck to him. Um, so Daniel Lovitz uh, specifically showing really good in the G plus right now. Uh, I think you, I think you mentioned him last week. Um, he's somebody that caught my eye this weekend. Uh, good performance. So um, yeah, I, I think that's the fun, the fun aspect of this. That's just kind of counters uh, very much in the SKC vein, right? Uh, assemble some some players that are pretty good domestic uh, defensive oriented teams. Yeah, and it was also like when you look at someone else that kind of came out around that same time and has gone a different direction, like Cincinnati, who have tried to bring in like bigger name players and whiffed uh, majestically um, on basically all of them except for really Acosta, maybe. Um, it, I, I like like it 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 does. It, it's the kind of thing that does like just uh that brightens your heart a little bit to see like a, a scrappier little outfit that's kind of doing things around the margins a bit more. Um, and you know they're putting together like a, a team with Dave <laughs> Romney, you know, at the at, at the heart of their defense and being like, this is a team that's going to compete. And I like the the guy they bought, Cotties, Gender uh, Cotties for the you know top. I you know I've extolled uh for hours on this show probably about the virtues of dax mccarty um and and like you said daniel lovitz and yeah i think julie alibaba's there too i don't think he's playing a lot but but it's exactly the kind of player that that i would have <laughs> when i think about nashville succeeding and i'm i'm smiling it's because they have a guy like julie alibaba uh a player of that of that sort uh yeah like annabelle godoy like they just kind of Alex found these Mueller. guys around the league that were just like yeah, just like decent contributors uh, to some kind of uh, teams. Um, you know, they Dominic got one Baji. star in Zimmerman. CJ Sapong is a great example. Baji's another great example of like man, tier kind of contributors. Like these, you know, I, I love this team. Like Joe. I really love this team. <laughs> this actually is your team, Harrison. I'm looking at this list of players on uh, Nashville now, just now, and it's like, oh, this should be Harrison's <laughs> well, favorite team, actually. I was going to say Bawana, but I, I really, uh, so for a few years, there's been somebody that I've had my eye on that's Taylor Washington and uh, okay. He sits on the back. Yeah. Yeah, He had a really good, uh, run with, I think it was Pittsburgh in the USL. Uh, he had a couple of different, uh, stops elsewhere. Alistair Johnston, uh, has also been, uh, really a solid piece for them. Uh, yeah, like, they added Baji at the at the start of last year, and then Sapong this year. Like this is just like an awesome team when it comes to that. And then yet they have like Hani Mukhtar just still sitting on the bench, you know, able to you know contribute minutes. Who just absolutely was brilliant at, when he was healthy. Um, so I this is this is so much fun. I I, I can't wait to see what this team really kind of grows into and maybe this is maybe this is the apex of what they are and teams kind of catch on to them but uh yeah this is this has been really fun so far a good start of the season well and you can't you can't deny the influence i'm sure of the opening guitar lick of the match um which happens each and every match at, at nashville's home that's not a joke they do that it's what pretty, is, what, what is pretty, it pretty cool uh, it's it's guitar like you know like you know Atlanta's got like the golden spike and Seattle has like the march to the match and there's all those little team things that teams try to make up to be like their thing 
they have like someone come out and just play like a sick guitar lick and they're like it's the guitar lick of the <laughs> i had no idea that was a thing <laughs> i had no idea well that's embarrassing yeah, yeah. i mean it was last year i i haven't i have not seen it this year but but i i why would you get rid of guitar like if the the match like you just wouldn't that would be silly um that one's actually really good so uh, one yeah. thing i wanted to bring up because i for whatever reason have a, a lot of la fc and la galaxy people shouting each other on my timeline uh over the past two weeks and i don't know if you know this but uh lafc this year are supposedly very bad you've heard this right well i mean and la and la galaxy are also very very good the one of the best teams in the league i don't know if you've heard this i yeah i've seen this i've seen this before so g plus and xgd uh basically both like lafc over la galaxy right now yeah i think they're a better team but the standings i think I know, but here's the thing. You I just MLS had, uh, shrill. Friend, speaking of Nashville, our, our <laughs> yeah, shrill. <laughs> not me. I'm not an MLS shrill. I'm the opposite. I'm I'm a I'm a renegade man. I'm a maverick. Oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what if I was? Uh, you know, like there's a very like um, there's a, 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 a our friend Ben. Oh yeah. Speaking of Nashville, uh, we're at uh, Soccer Way. Uh, uh, publish a, uh, or I don't know if he published it, but, but he was showing me a, a strength of schedule rating that he kind of built. Um, and LAFC had the toughest schedule. Now, a lot of that, I think, was they had to play Seattle twice. Um, but it, it's worth noting that, I think, when, you, <laughs> when you're looking at uh, what what we're kind of dealing with here. And it's not that LA have gotten like a super like easy schedule, I don't think, but or the Galaxy, it's confusing. I don't There's, call them LA Galaxy. I just call them Galaxy. Two it's, things. it's just the Galaxy. Okay, I can I can do that. But I always just like to say L.A. And I used to call them the Los Angeles Galaxy because I like to not use um, abbreviations. As you, part so of you my, don't like lag? You don't just like use do. lag in your terminology? No, but I got uh, back when I did stuff for Total MLS, I would write about the Los Angeles Galaxy and like their their team communications officer like sent me a message like, don't do that. It's L.A. Galaxy respect the branding wow okay i know we've got we've gotten emails from Uh, from different brand uh marketing but before but yeah no i mean you know they they gotta it's they're doing their job they gotta protect their brand uh so but yeah so don't call them the los angeles galaxy so they are la but then it's like lafc i don't know it's confusing so okay i'll just call call them link aggregation that sounds fine to me uh i mean they played like they they've had to go up against like they had austin which was i think a pretty easy team last week but they had to do LAFC. They had to do Seattle. Those are tough games. New York Rebels is not an easy game. Inter Miami, not really an easy game either. Uh, I, okay. I think their infrastructure is better for their team, right? Like, so not just not just the organization. The uh, Miami. Uh, I think they're they're a more well-rounded, deeper club. Miami is at this point than they were last year. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I'm just saying, like, I think. If you compare LAFC's like schedule to the Galaxies, I think LAFC had, had it a little bit tougher. Uh, certainly, uh, Seattle twice, but the Galaxy haven't had just a cakewalk. Like those aren't like Austin's an easy game, um, but I don't think you know, Red Bulls or Inter Miami are, 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 are cakewalks. And certainly, uh, you know they they did beat LAFC and they uh, 
they got beat pretty badly by the Sounders. Yeah, but uh, I mean, so you, you look at the numbers that they're giving up. They still ha- they still have not fixed that back line. No, they haven't. They've given up a lot of goals, <laughs> like a whole lot of goals already. They gave up two to Miami, two to Red Bulls, three well, to Seattle. Uh, one day they shut out Austin, they but Austin they still gave but yeah, up you're gonna like over point. a goal in XG, right? And, and that was for away team. Yeah, they like did. we're not they're talking they're about it uh, that yeah. they were the away team, uh, and, and they're playing a difficult, you know, game in Texas. No, Austin came into their house and still created chance after chance after chance. Like there were some moments that they had, and so uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 not I'm I'm not sold. I, I will say I I I. I, I had a lot of confidence in LA Galaxy. I picked them to be in the top three at the beginning of the season. What if I told you that they're very rumored to be bringing in Ed Dzeko from Roma? Isn't he like 40? In Manchester City fame. <laughs> yeah, he's like 40. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was going around on Twitter today. I was like, well, okay. That's not really where I would have put finances just to bring in like a second. Well, if you don't have to like, look, there is no team better in the league of doing what Miami wants to do than LA, LA, the Los Angeles galaxy. There you go. Yeah. They're not always going to do what makes the most sense, but they're they're going to secure. They're going to secure. You got to give them that recognizable talent uh, for their brand. Right. And look, yeah, I, I, even I know that guy, Ian, no, he played for Man City. He had a spell with Man I was, City. Uh, I wasn't wasn't sure you would. I'm impressed, Harrison. You are a European soccer expert, though. We all do know this. Let's talk about the New York City Football Club. What do, What are you thinking about the New York City? I think Cassianos is very, very good. He's good at all types of soccering in all types of soccering, as you would. Uh, like that's that is a that is a way that, that you would, he is that good you would, many that you would phrase things. it. I feel in my mind, you would put he's good at the soccer. I would say, and, and look, I would say that yes, he's good at kicking. He's good at at heading. Those are the main skill sets in soccer. So uh, agreed. Uh, very much agreed. G uh, plus doesn't like him necessarily in the same vein as some of the other uh, more. I don't know. Uh, he kind of, I think, falls victim to that same place that like Rui Diaz does, where they're just sort of in that kind of, they do a bit too much for G Plus to properly weight what they do. They do too do you much. Know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, I feel like Castellanos tends to be involved in build up a little bit. Like, he's not just like your yes. end guy. Yes, you know I what do. I mean? Like, I think his like main, like his other position is he's more of like a secondary kind of guy. So G plus isn't really sure what bucket to put him in and which set of players to compare him to, because he kind of has this hybrid role between two kind of roles that we we're just now starting to see that hybrid role coming back into vogue again in major league soccer, I think. And so I think that in future uh, editions of goals added, you know, once they recognize that archetype is its own thing. Um, you know, I think that 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 will weight some of these players that are kind of drop back into the midfield and get involved in build up play kind of strikers um, that aren't. Whereas right now, it really likes guys like Chicharito and stuff that are just like just be at the end and don't waste possessions and don't sure, try things. No, just kick the ball in the goal. So, but I mean, I don't think I think it would be crazy to say he's not a good player. He looks fantastic, and 
Well, it, and you can see exactly what you said within his breakdown, right? Within the the different columns within G plus receiving is off, just completely off the charts. He's a smart player. He's got that great, just like sense of where to be. Rui Diaz is the um, same is the same exact way. Yeah, too. he's exciting. So yeah, it'll be. Yeah, but I think they lose on like passing. Yeah, game. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like he's certainly a different guy than. Um, you know, like like Aber was or um, <laughs> Joe Inga Berge. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to remind everyone about Joe Inga Berge. Yeah, I, I, That's pretty funny. I don't I even know him. where he's at. I don't remember them even parting ways. They just kind of snuck him out the back and we're like, thanks. Thanks for coming all the way from Norway. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't. He just wasn't there anymore one day. I want to say he went to like. I don't know. Vikings. He's gone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I oh, think he went. Wow, to like that's that's a, that's a one hundred and eighty. Yeah, he, he uh, was from where? Yeah, I don't remember. He did not go straight home. I don't think. Maybe he did. I could be thinking of someone else. But let's let's pour one out for Joe Joe Ingeberge, uh, a player I always had high hopes for, just because I like the way he looked with his beard and his yeah, beard, I get his whole that vibe, you know. Um, no, he went back to Malmo. He scored nine goals in fifty-four games from Malmo. That's yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that sounds like that's playing about with uh, Wolf Eichrum. Eichrum, Magnus Wolf Eichrum. That's right. Yeah, the Wolf. Uh, what a what a waste that was. But yeah, so uh, you know, you look at, at at New York City Football Club and another guy that I think is really uh, like Jesus, uh, Jesus Medina was like persona non grata last year. Like just nothing. Nobody wanted anything. Like he was a flop. He was like a waste of money. And he's yeah, like he's an bit, above average he? player. We can see that within G plus. We can see, uh, you know, he's improving. And you you talked about with Tony Alfaro, right? With being a little bit more patient with a younger player and allowing them to grow and become. Uh, more well-rounded so that that one thing that or the two things that they're really good at, which seems to be him turning and getting into the box and finding some opportunities. Um, there's other parts of his games are, aren't so bad, right? He's not turning, he's not ending possession as much as what he was before on the dribble, which I, I think he was trying to run too much at, defenders maybe beforehand like it's still not great he's still ending it's still not it's good. still not good <laughs> to, to be clear but it's, it's not as bad still, it's yes. not as detrimental uh, maybe as what it was uh and maybe he's picking more moments yeah. better moments he's still like showing as a putt right his other things are making up for it he's uh you know like in baseball when they do the analysis and they're like oh this is you know does he hit well enough to make up for his bad glove or whatever and like it's really easy to do that calculation and it's not so easy to do that in soccer uh but i think you're starting to see him move to the plus side of things whereas before it was very very yeah like his overall contributions did leave like yeah he's really good at that but is that really worth you know giving up you know, possession and, and giving up counterattacks, right. And transition moments, uh, which, you know, NYC is very against. I think NYC, yeah, probably the most underrated center back in the league. Um, if I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I threw that out last week and I, um, I, I think you yelled at me for that. You, you raised your voice. No, did I? Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I'm very, 
I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm flighty. Uh, yeah, but I know it's a guy that we both admire. Uh, we've, we've talked about him before and Alexander Kyan's, um, just a solid, solid player. Uh, just dependable and always there. Um, they got the young kid Sands. He's excellent. Tanner Holmes, probably the best outside back in the league right now. Um, um <clears throat> good like solid midfield in categories Morales, that don't Park. include like, Ryan Holmes. This is a Holmes really good head. team. Well, no, Alex, get out of here with that. He's he's the best goalkeeper in the he's league, awesome, not the yeah. best outside back. Come on, sixteenth best goalkeeper in the league statistically. Okay, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good for a right back, for a right wing back to be the sixteenth best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, <laughs> This is this is a good team. This New York City Football Club team is good, and one only wonders like they're bringing in another striker in Mali's Tagno, which is a uh, or Tali's Magno. Did I get that backwards? Yeah, I don't know. It's you're, Magno, you're asking me like uh, I'm going to give you like I'm going to point you in uh, some direction wrong, that's that's positive. Yeah, no, it's going to be negative. It's going to be bad. It's yeah. Don't ask. Well, I think but um, yes, I do think it's Tali's Magno. It's Tally's Magno. And uh, this is like, uh, this is the kind of thing you wonder, like, what that's going to mean for Castellanos. Like, what, like if they can find a way to make those two, like, make that work. And then, um, you know, I think it's going to be tough for Haber coming back into this team now. Like, it, it really seems like it was it's one of those unfortunate injuries where, like, you go for so long that they kind of have to replace you, um, especially in that position. Uh, so it, you know, I don't know like how quickly he steps back in and like he was incredible his first season uh, with 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 NYCFC. Like just I for my money, you know, he was the, the newcomer of the year that year. Um, just so, so prolific and so consistent. And uh, now you just like it's weird to think, OK, well, in a few months, like, is he going to even have a job? And I don't know. A lot's changed since he left, you know. New coach, like all kinds of stuff. So it, it's yeah. It, that that's going to be a curious puzzle for them to work out. Now, I, I think Doyle has mentioned, and maybe somebody, maybe it's somebody else, uh, Matt Doyle from MLSsoccer.com, kind of mentioned maybe sliding Castellanos back out to the out outside midfield. I, I, I'm, mm, I feel like they're yes. probably. I mean, it's probably going to be a stri- uh, striker partnership, right? With just having uh, Castellanos excuse me, slide under, slide underneath, right? Like that seems like that would be the logical. That would make the most sense to me. But if there's one thing you can count on major league soccer teams that do, it's take a good striker and put them out wide and wonder why they aren't uh, producing like a striker. suit. yeah. Um, So, I I mean, maybe Ronnie Delia is not going to do that. I I hope not, but we can't rule it out. Can we? I mean, we really, Uh, no, I would not. I wouldn't. Um, They're probably going to find some way, I feel like Ronnie Delia uh, is not uh, Savarese, so I don't think we have to worry too much about you know um, about that. But you know, yeah. But in a way, all MLS coaches eventually do that. It's the law, the law of nature, Harrison. I'm, I'm trying. Well, I'm I'm killing all myself because right. I'm trying to find a. Another, what other coaches have really done this? Like, Severice is the one guy that I feel like we, we really, uh, Severice, you know, is actually, I, I, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic for, for the sake of it. It used to be a thing back in the day. I think you'd see more of that. Like, you'd see, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that, that did lot. happen. You'd see, like, I mean, like, Sigma <laughs> to put Nate Jaquel on the wing just cause. 
Like that didn't make any sense at all, but they just did it. Like you just would find like, ah, oh, we got, we bought too many strikers. Gosh, darn it. And we can't just not play them because they're so expensive. So just make one a right winger. Um, I, you are starting to see it less. And that's what I do like about this, this two striker formation coming back into fashion too, um, is that it does give you more opportunities. Cause I think a lot of teams do find themselves. Unless you're Portland and players. Giovanni Savarisi, uh, who's going to play Ibu Bose back at left mid, even though, you know, he's going to go with the two striker formula and he's going to use Andy Polo instead up top because, kill. because that makes killing sense on me. some level. He's killing me, Harrison. It's ripping me apart. All right. That's all we got to talk about today, Harrison. We did it. I hope everybody that was a fan of the four teams we talked about were entertained today. And I hope if you weren't a fan of those teams, maybe you're a little more aware of what's going on with them now. Or you have some opinions. Or maybe you got rid of your old team because you're like, they didn't talk about Montreal. They talked about NYCFC. And that's who I support now. In which case, I would say that you are very fickle. But no judgment because I am too. You have anything else to add to us today, Harrison? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, as always, to my friend, my colleague, my co-host, Harrison Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Please follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter at Analysis Evolved and check out the website, www.americansoccernalysis.com. Lots of good stuff on that website. Goals added. We got data for NWSL. We got it for USL. We got it for NASL. And, of course, Major League Soccer. You can just see data there all day, every day. You can just not do your job for an entire week just looking at the data we have available for free. And you know what? You might get fired, but you would know a lot more about American soccer. And that's our only job. It's not to keep you employed, okay? Keep you informed. It's just to let you know about American soccer. Keep you informed. <laughs> hey, so Ian, real fast, while we're advertising stuff that we do on AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com, I understand that you also have an article uh-huh. uh, that you recently spent a lot of time uh, writing. What, what was this article? Uh, oh, there will be an article on Sounder at Heart.com. Uh, Jeremiah over there at, at, at SAH kindly reached out to me and asked if I would do a statistical deep dive into the miraculous season of the Seattle Sounders so far in 2021. And uh, I did acquiesce. And let me tell you a spoiler. Alex Roldan is really good, guys. Check it out. It'll be on that website. I don't know when. But it's, but it's it. coming. It's not up now. Maybe it'll be up tomorrow. It's coming. So just go visit Sounder at Heart every hour. Just hit refresh until you see my article there. And then check it out. Leave a nice comment. Fight with some of the people that say I'm wrong. Okay? Because there will be lots of those. Very active comment section over there at SounderAtHeart.com. Uh, no, yeah, check that out if you like. Uh, if you have any interest in the Seattle Sounders, um, that's it. We're done. We'll be back next week. Thank you to everybody for listening. Until then, enjoy the soccer. Mm-hmm.